Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 122 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with a trio of tales involving human feces. 2024 is here, and you know what that means. It's time to ring in the new year with a literal shit show. A show about shit. I love it. I also have a few listener-contributed situations I will pepper in as we go. I asked for them, and you delivered. Thank you for that. So what are we waiting for? Let's dig in. But first, a couple crappy jokes to get us in the mood. What happened to the guy who ate too much alphabet soup? He had the biggest vowel movement of his life. (laughs) Oh dear. And why did the turd fail his driving test? He left too many skid marks on the road. Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a few tales of low-level true crime. Don't worry my friends, I promise not to have an accident. In my pants. number 122 crappy new year this story was contributed by a listener named brian in my early 20s i was playing in a band and we had a few days gig in yakima washington there was five of us staying in an rv in a parking lot yep every musician who has ever been on the road has a story here is one of mine you see you can't really take a dump in an rv with four other bandmates because it stinks Maybe this is a little more information than your listeners want, but stay in the moment with me. It becomes important later. You don't take a dump in the RV because it already smells like hormones, stale beer, and body odor from the five of you living and traveling in a 300-square-foot crash pad. Now, taking a dump was not an issue for me as I would get really constipated on the road. So this one day, after not having a bowel movement for like a week... I had a few hours off before a gig, and I was in some pretty unpleasant shape. I walked seven blocks to a drugstore to see if I could get something to help me take a shit. 
It was a little hick town drugstore where people went to buy Sudafed to make meth and get their daily methadone. So I'm walking around trying not to be embarrassed while reading the labels and figuring out if I want a stool softener or a laxative. I mean, really, I didn't want it soft, just out. So the old guy pharmacist walks up to me and asks if he can help. I swallowed my pride and told him how fecally challenged I was. Of all things, he suggested a bottle of something citrusy and told me it tasted good on ice. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, what kind of sick pharmacist even knows how a laxative tastes good cold? This guy is pretty invested in his work. So he gives me the bottle and it's glass and looks like an old Rhinelander stubby beer bottle like my dad used to drink. He even put it in a small brown paper bag so I could fit in with the homeless people out front. I go to the end of the parking lot and I figured I may as well drink it now, even if it's warm. So now I'm standing parking lot drinking my laxative out of a brown paper bag like any self-respecting musician would. Then I began the walk back to the RV. About one block into my return journey, I figured I should have read the label and maybe not just accepted the suggestion of my geriatric pharmaceutical bartender. Then to my horror, I read, Suggested adult dose, half bottle. Usually produces bowel movement within 10 minutes. Now the order of events gets a little woozy here, but I realized I drank the whole bottle and was two minutes into the Scuda-producing soda being in my system. Did I mention it was carbonated? Probably would have tasted better cold. So I start hightailing it back to the RV. I figure it's an eight-minute walk, so if I'm lucky, I got a two-minute window. Then the cramps kicked in. I'm basically walking sideways, trying to keep my insides inside me for the moment. Thankfully, I was down some ghetto back alley. Now I'm doing the Monty Python funny walk and looking for a garage or shed to hide behind. Then a couple of kids come up to me on their bikes to ask me if I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good, kid. Just need some alone time. Long story short, I did not shit in the RV that day. Okay, our first story takes place in New York City, specifically Manhattan, which is the smallest of the five boroughs geographically, but also the most densely populated. The other four boroughs, of course, being the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Didn't need to name them all, but I wanted to, because it's fun. Anyway, let's travel back to June 27th, 2016. It's a Monday, around 6.15 p.m., and we are on 74th Street near 1st Avenue. This is on the Upper East Side. Ah, the Upper East Side. Sounds so upscale, posh, classy even. But the crime we're about to witness is quite the opposite. A 27-year-old woman is walking along without a care in the world. She's talking on her cell phone, oblivious to what's going on around her. Maybe if she had her head on a little more of a swivel, she would have noticed the large man holding a grocery bag creeping up behind her. When I say creeping, I mean it. He's crouched down almost on all fours while he follows her, getting closer and closer. I've seen the video of this aggressive attack. It's quick, but it's forceful and terrifying. This guy grabs the woman from behind by the waist of her pants. At this point, she realizes she's being attacked by the stranger and starts flailing around trying to get away. But he's clearly much stronger. The man stuffs the bag that he was holding down the back of her pants, 
squeezes her butt for a quick second before briskly taking off down the sidewalk. He was wearing a pair of latex gloves. He takes those off and throws them on a pile of garbage bags that are laid out beside the road waiting for pickup. And just like that, he gone. This bizarre encounter lasts all of about 15 seconds. The dumbfounded woman pulls the bag out of the back of her pants, and this is when she realizes what that putrid smell she was smelling was. It wasn't the man like she had initially thought. It was the bag of feces that he had stuffed down her pants. It was never confirmed if the feces was human or animal excrement. My money's on human. It was his. The woman, whose name was kept out of the papers, I don't blame her, who wants this story popping up if their name's ever Googled, she calls the police and reports this strange attack. She describes the culprit to them as a black male, around 40 years of age, with an afro, dark complexion, 6 feet tall, weighing in at about 215 pounds. The fact that this dude stuffed a bag of shit down this lady's pants is pretty funny, at least in my opinion, but it is very aggressive. He groped her butt, he was angry, forceful. It would have been scary. It was an assault, plain and simple, no doubt about it. And this is behavior that could very easily escalate. The police take this seriously, especially because it is most likely connected to another attack earlier that day. At 67 East 91st Street, around 2.30 that afternoon, a man threw shit at a 33-year-old woman, and he nailed her, with fecal matter running down her face and chest. Some people pay good money for that. That dude was only described as a black male. Probably the same guy, right? Unless two separate fellas are attacking women with feces in the same area, on the same day. Thankfully, this case didn't go cold. It took a few days, but on July 1st, so four days later, Equan Hill, a 42-year-old homeless man, was apprehended. Police picked him up at the Myrtle Avenue Family Center, a homeless center and addiction rehab facility in Brooklyn. Police received a tip from a Department of Homeless Services officer who viewed the surveillance footage and recognized him. Equan has a bit of a history, having been arrested 21 previous times for assault, possession of marijuana, just piddly little stuff like that. When he was shown the footage of the second attack, Equan confirmed what we all already knew when he muttered, Yeah, that's me. Journalists were trying to speak to our boy as he was being let out of the special victims unit in East Harlem in handcuffs and transferred into a cop car. One lady said, Mr. Hill, this is some pretty gross stuff. Why would you do this, Mr. Hill? To which he replied, God did it. God did it. He was speaking to someone else off camera as well. It was hard to get exactly what he said, but I'm 90% sure it was, They try to turn you into a slave on earth. Another man then asked if he was guilty, and he replied, Nah, 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 as he was pushed gently into the back of a vehicle. Clearly, we're dealing with a man with some issues, drug problems too. This guy's a mess, and I hope he gets the help he needs, for his sake and the public's. Because if he doesn't, there are sure to be more victims in his wake. Maybe he won't throw shit at them, but he's certainly a scary individual. Equan Hill was charged with assault and forcible touching for these two incidents. Police Commissioner Bill Bratton spoke highly of the victims and thanked them for their cooperation and help in apprehending the shit disturber. He said, quote, they're tough ladies. Obviously, the ghastliness of this crime has upset them. Yeah, no doubt. And falling victim to a crime like this, it's one I'm sure they'll never forget. It'll stick with you. Stick to you as well. Like a foul odor you just can't shake. All right, 
let's move on to story number two. And this one takes place in Texas. They say everything's bigger in Texas. That is not the case here as we find ourselves in Electra, a town with a population of just 2,282 people. It's late November 2022, a Thursday afternoon, and there's some activity going on outside of the Electra police station. An officer notices some movement out front on the station's security camera. So he goes to check it out. Let's get an account of this scene from the sworn probable cause affidavit. He went outside to see what was going on and discovered three five-gallon buckets of what appeared to be human waste. He saw a person in an all-white hazmat suit with a yellow mask walking back to a tan SUV with a trailer. He attempted to ask what they were doing and a female stated that the buckets were human shit and she was dropping them off. She then got into the vehicle and drove away. Alright, so that's gross. And last time I checked, my local police station isn't somewhere that I can drop off huge amounts of feces. Trust me, I asked. And who just collects 50 pounds of human waste? Ew. This is a small town, perhaps in the middle of nowhere. Maybe they shit in an outhouse or buckets over there and collect it. I'm not sure. Okay, back to the story. The puzzled officer walks back into the police station and discusses what just happened to his supervising officer. They review the footage and he actually recognizes the voice of the perpetrator, which is impressive. Must have some good audio on those cameras. He says it's a lady named Mindy Stevens. Mindy's husband is the Electra Fire Department's assistant fire chief. Dang. Small towns, eh? Everybody knows everybody. This Mindy, she sounds like a whack job and has been in trouble in the past. She was charged with assault way back in 2000, family violence assault in 2010, and she actually jabbed another family member with a set of keys, puncturing his arm and hand. This led to an aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury charge back in 2020. She's wild. And like I said, her husband is the assistant fire chief. So they want to kind of cut her some slack, or at least him. Poor guy. His old lady is nuts. She's gross and has a history of violence. So they get this guy, Steve Bolin. He gives Mindy a call. Steve is the Electra City Administrator and also works at the fire hall. This sounds like one of those towns where your doctor is also your butcher. <laughs> you feel me? Anyway, I'm sure Steve knows Mindy and her husband. So he calls her up that evening and pleads with her to pick up all that shit or she could be facing charges. And you want to know what she says? It ain't my problem. Apparently it was, as the next day Mindy was taken to and processed at the Wichita County Jail, where she was charged with one count of illegal dumping of more than 5 pounds, but less than 500 pounds. I know that was kind of a short little story, but I thought I'd throw it in. The assistant fire chief's wife getting charged with illegal dumping for dropping off 50 pounds worth of human feces on the front doorstep of her local police station while wearing a full-on hazardous material suit. <laughs> Why the heck not, right? This law and crime article I was reading had a comment section, and some guy named Holden said, I'm almost afraid to ask, but where exactly does one get 50 pounds of human fecal material? Dagwood responded, most likely from their colon. <laughs> Mindy seems like a petty person. There must be more to this story, but I just couldn't find it. Likely she has some issues with the local police, and the human waste was a metaphor for how they've treated her in the past. Eh, it's probably not that deep. 
I think this lady's just batshit crazy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, before we get into our final story here, I have another listener-contributed tale from Jory. And he says, I don't really have a poop story of my own, but while researching the world's largest turd, I stumbled upon the story of Seamus McFeen. Legend has it, in 1847, somewhere in my home state of Nebraska, the good life, there once lived a man named Seamus McFeen, who had consumed an entire bison in one sitting, a whole-ass buffalo. He finished his meal and washed the bovine down with two bottles of gut-rot whiskey before going to bed. Ugh, could feel the heartburn from here. The next morning, the wagon train was awakened by loud grunting and unpleasant moans coming from the latrine area. There, squatting over the pit, moaning in agony, was old Seamus McFeen. His eyes bulged out of his veiny, fire-engine red-colored face, making a sound of a cow giving birth as he released the crappin'. They say after three hours of relentless rectal hellfire, Seamus excreted the largest turd to ever be voided. When he was done, he had cleaned himself up with a bushel of corn cobs, toilet paper wasn't invented until 1857, and decided to take a nap, cause, I mean, fuck wouldn't you? As he rested, one of the men came up with the idea to collect and weigh the manure monstrosity, to which they did. They scooped up the wet turd and placed it on the scale and it topped out at a whopping 155 pounds of steaming hot shit. However, Seamus was unable to relish the pride of his astonishing anal anomaly because he died later that night of a severely prolapsed and ruptured rectum. It is said that Seamus McFeen had broken two world records that night. One, eating the most bison by one person in a single sitting. And two for giving birth to the biggest turd the world has ever laid eyes on. Yikes. Okay, let's move on to our final story, and this one takes place in Muncie, Indiana. The city of Muncie is best known for being the stomping grounds of Ball State University. Lots of students oot and boot, and they'll play a key part in this story, which takes place at Brothers Bar and Grill. They describe themselves as being a Midwestern sports bar chain serving casual American eats in a party atmosphere. Right on. Brothers Bar and Grill is located at 1601 West University Avenue. Let's get a couple reviews in. Let's do it. Brothers receives a 3.7 star average from 766 Google reviews. Philip gave four stars a month ago and said, They have good bar food. I'd recommend the nachos. I was there on a Sunday. And it was surprisingly empty, since there are NFL games on all the TVs. I guess the college kids get all their football in on Saturday. And next we have a negative review from Lindsay, six months ago, one star. And she says, This fine dining establishment has a dress code. The place with profanities carved into the bar needs you to wear formal attire. So don't forget to bring a blazer when you stop by to visit your local college vomit-in-the-stall bar. Lindsay, I am with you, girl. That is ridiculous. Okay, so this is where we're at 
but we're going to travel all the way back to 2014 for this one. October 12th, 2014. It's a Sunday around noon. Lots of hungover students coming into the restaurant to get their grub on. Have some greasy food to try and sop up all that alcohol. Been there, done that. There's a rowdy group of six sitting at a table, and three of them actually play for the Ball State Cardinals, the football team there. A police report said those gentlemen were defensive back Darius Conaway, defensive lineman Kenan Noel, and linebacker Nicholas Isaacs. One of the other people at the table is a 17-year-old dude. He's a minor, so we unfortunately don't get his name. But this guy's hanging with the big boys, and you know how that can be. You want to impress them. Make them think you're cool. Make them laugh. And that is exactly this little turd's attitude. They're laughing, being boisterous. And when they are all done their meals, receive their bills, this teen heads to the washroom. He's in there for a bit, and when he comes out, he has a big smile on his face. And they're all joking around. And we'll find out why in a second. To paint the picture here, the bill is in one of these black folders, you know? And you open it up, the receipt's in there, and you put your money in, then close it up and leave it on the table. At least if you're paying cash, which this guy did. Anyway, the waitress grabs this folder and starts walking away and is immediately hit with an unmistakable stench. She opens it up and sees that the money is covered in a brown substance. Yeah, that's right. This fool took a dump and wiped his ass with the cash. This is disgusting and excusable behavior, even if the service was bad. The poor girl. Her reaction is kind of strange, though. Instead of confronting this crew, the waitress decides to just call the police. And they show up quick. The teen and his buddies were still hanging around when they arrived. He was apprehended and taken to Delaware County Juvenile Probation Center and was charged with what I assume is a pretty serious uh, charge, battery with bodily waste. He was released to his parents shortly after. And I doubt that charge stuck, but at the very least, I hope his parents punished him, grounded him for a couple weeks or something for this display of disrespect. Even though the players for the Ball State football squad didn't actually do this, they were still closely involved likely egging their friend on. So this got a response from Joseph Hernandez. He's the Associate Athletic Director for Media and Alumni Relations. Oh boy, here's what he had to say. We find the alleged actions deplorable. We are continuing to collect information on the matter and will refrain from further judgment until then. Uh-huh. Okay, before we finish this off, I actually got to apologize because upon further review, the referees say that in football <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, after writing this, I realized I had a detail wrong here, which is the fecal matter was just on two $1 bills, which was a tip. So this young guy likely paid for his meal with his debit card, you know, his bank card, then left the tip in this folder. That changes a lot for me, especially if the service sucked, but we don't really know that. Tips are obviously the norm, as they should be if the service is decent. I always leave one, even if the service isn't up to par. Not because I'm a good person. I feel guilty if I don't. Almost bullied into it. Tips are expected in the food service industry. Pretty much all over the world. Definitely in North America. But still not mandatory. So I'm a little torn on this one. This should still be a learning lesson for this teen. That you shouldn't do this kind of thing. Shouldn't treat people this way but I definitely don't think he should have a criminal record because of it. That's just my opinion, though. And you know what they say about those? They're like assholes. <laughs> Everybody's got one. 
and they usually stink. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 122, Crappy New Year. I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. People are disgusting. Keeping up with that theme, you know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. This one comes in from a listener named Megan. She actually hosts a new true crime podcast with her husband, Neil, that I've been getting into called Mortal Musings. I'm going to play a promo for that, so stay tuned at the end of the show. Megan says, hey, here's a story about shit. I work in a pub, and when COVID hit, the hospitality industry got hit hard. We were closed for the best part of a year, then opened for about a month or so, and then shut down again. By the time the number of daily COVID cases started to slow and we were finally getting back to work, the place had been pretty much abandoned with the exception of management coming in every once in a while to check on a few things. So on the first morning getting back to normal, my coworker and I unlocked the room where the cleaning supplies were kept. As soon as we opened the door, an unholy stench was unleashed. We both took a step back and looked at each other. My coworker was the braver out of the two of us, and he took the bullet. He went into the room to find that someone had used the sink to empty their bowels. He came back out, looked at me, a little distraught, and definitely baffled. Later on, and after it had been cleaned up, he told our manager about the situation. As another worker walked past while the two of them were discussing the incident, he said, what's going on? To which our manager turned his head and nonchalantly said, Someone shit in the sink. Not much else was ever said about this occurrence, but I should also mention this building has 14 toilets between male, female, and staff bathrooms. Was this the work of a disgruntled employee who did this before we shut, knowing how horrifying the discovery would be months later? I don't know. But this room was kept locked, and management were the only ones with keys. I may never know, but I will always wonder to my dying day... Who was the sink shit bandit and why? I would say I hope you enjoyed this story, but that seems gross. Thanks, Megan. Megan, you underestimate my enjoyment of shit. And yeah, it sounds like this was definitely an inside job. Perhaps it was the manager. His casual, no big deal reaction is very sus, as the kids would say. <laughs> Love it. Send in your listener confections to excuse me that's illegal at gmail.com. And like Brian, Jory, and Megan, you too could have your stories played on the air. Big thank you to my patrons, keeping me afloat for another year here. Love you guys. Patreon.com slash excuse me, that's illegal. Join the party and get some bonus content and ad-free releases over there. Help a brother out. Link in show notes. And big thank you to everyone for just listening. Share with your friends, family. Get them on this journey with us, would you? Word of mouth is very powerful. And I need more ears over here, and we'll greatly appreciate it. Okay, as I mentioned before, I have a promo for a great new true crime podcast called Mortal Musings, hosted by my new pals Neil and Megan. Give them a shot. It's tough to get noticed with all the podcasts out here these days. I think you'll like it, though. Alright, that's all I got for you for now, but come meet me back here real soon, and I'll happily serve you up another hearty helping of softcore scumbaggery. Peace! On the Mortal Musings Podcast, we like to take the cases seriously, 
but not ourselves. Each week on the Mortal Musings podcast, your hosts, Neil and Megan, get into either a true crime case or a truly macabre story, followed by a strange and interesting tale of oddity. Join us as we venture into the dark and disturbing world of the Mortal Musings. New episodes every Wednesday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 